This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk speaking out loud in depth. God is great and greatly to be praised. We're going to get into tonight's Solid Talk. Now, by the grace of God, thank God I finally reached 5,000 subscribers on this channel. It happened maybe like a month or two ago. So I'm grateful for that. You know, but I told y'all before, my goal is not to get past 5,000. So that means I must be doing something wrong. I haven't ruffled enough feathers. So I'm I'm expecting to maybe lose some tonight. And that's why you see the title of tonight's solid talk, which says the real critical race theory and the white patsy. So what do I mean by this? Let's talk about this thing called critical race theory. You might have heard this circulating around the news lately. You might have heard it referred to as CRT. And we're not going to take this solid talk to dissect everything that's right or wrong about it. We're going to take this solid talk to kind of look at what's going on spiritually behind the scenes with this particular ideology, with this particular movement. It's something that's been around, if my research serves me correctly, since like the 70s, 80s, right? We had some people that kind of created this. And uh, like a lot of, theories like a lot of ideologies it actually has a few valid points but basically what it means is this it starts off with the premise that everything is essentially racial that race is a social construct however everything that that happens is about race okay what it basically means is that every interaction that we have has a racial undertone everything conceptually just boils down to race what it kind of says is basically anything that's wrong boils down to the white man and then even further what it goes on to say is that in this country there's this sort of implicit racism that just exists. You can't escape it because it's in the structure. It's in the fabric of our nation. It's in the structure of our society. It's basically unavoidable. And then I think the most egregious idea, and this is what's actually taught when people teach it, is that if you're white, then you're automatically racist. And conversely, if you're black, then you're automatically a victim. And I, I, I want to really harp on that point. There's a lot of other uh, points that we can really go through in all of this, but I just want to highlight a few real quick. We're not going to get deep into this, but I want us to really kind of examine what is causing CRT to become so prevalent. So critical race theory. OK. All right. Common things that are characteristic of the work in critical race theory as documented by such scholars as Richard Delgado and Jean Stefanczyk include. Okay. So there's this critique of liberalism. Okay. Questions of foundation, foundational liberal concepts such as enlightenment, rationalism, legal equality, and constitutional neutrality and challenge the incrementalist approach 
of traditional civil rights discourse. So basically what they're saying is that these policies and these things that have been put in place, they don't really solve anything, right? They, they, don't, they are incremental steps, but they don't really get to the heart of the issue. It says they favor a race conscious approach to social transformation, critiquing liberal ideas such as affirmative action, colorblindness, role modeling, or the merit principle with an approach that relies more on political organizing in contrast to liberalism's reliance on rights-based remedies. A lot of fancy words, but basically what it's just kind of saying once again is that a lot of these approaches that we've have so had so far uh, really don't solve the issue. They don't believe that there is a such thing as colorblindness. They believe that everybody sees color uh, regardless of who you are. And that may or may not be true. You know, I think about this sometimes. You turn on Family Feud and it's a black family and it's a white family. Okay, sometimes when you turn on Family Feud, if you're a black person, you might just want the black family to win. <laughs> is that racist? It might be. You know what I mean? Is is it is it why is it though that we might want that family to win? And is it possible if you're a black person to just cut on Family Feud and you don't care who wins or maybe you like the charisma of the white family and you and you want them to win right all of these different things we can work through we're not going to troubleshoot all of this i just want to get through some of these real pillars we're not even going to read all of it but storytelling counter storytelling and naming one's own reality so basically they they use real life examples of experiences that people have had that support this idea of white supremacy or white privilege uh, revisionist interpretations, intersectional theory, all right, the examination of race, sex, class, national origin, and sexual orientation, and how their combination or their intersections plays out in various settings. Example, how the needs of a Latin Latina female are different from those of a black male and whose needs are the ones promoted. All right, standpoint epistemology which basically means that if you're a minority then you have the authority to speak about racism but if you're white you don't have any say in a conversation about racism structural determinism exploration of how the structure of legal thought or culture influences its content whereby a particular mode or thought widely shared practice determines significant social outcomes usually occurring without conscious knowledge as such theorists posit that our system cannot redress certain kinds of wrongs okay you got the empathetic fallacy basically saying that you can't really relate unless you've been through it and then non-white cultural nationalism or separatism there's other concepts here such as white privilege internalization institutional racism influence of critical legal study so let's get off of that because i don't want us to get too to delve too deep off topic because we, we're having a spiritual conversation there are a lot of political and social pundits who can really speak to the, the the rights and wrongs of that particular theory but the main takeaway that i get from this theory is that once again Everything just sort of falls on the white man. He is responsible for all of the social ills, so much so that when you think about this idea of white supremacy, 
it 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 works in this way. There's been a lot of talk lately about crime against the Asian community. Now, statistically speaking, uh, most of the crime that happens against the Asian community is perpetuated by African Americans, right? Or black people, however you want to call them. So when you really think about that, the logic would tell you they're the ones that are committing the crime against the Asian people. But what the whole white supremacist or CRT mindset would say is that the only reason that those black people are committing those crimes against Asians is because they're in this system of white supremacy. And it's actually the system of white supremacy that's causing the black people to commit these crimes against Asians. Fair enough. Here's the question that I have. Why is it that we stop at white supremacy? And what I mean by that is this. If we can look at the mistakes, the sins of any race or whatever, or really every race but white people, and then attribute it to what was done to them why by white people, how is it that we stop there? Like, what is the stopping point that causes it to, to, to end there? Because really, if you look at anybody's life, individual or collective, anybody's lives, individual or collective, we can all trace it back to something. So maybe we should ask the question, why did the white colonialists who had who participated in the transatlantic slave trade, what caused them to have that kind of heart condition that they would actually have slaves, purchase slaves, bring them over on slave ships and things like that? Was it because they were once slaves themselves, which some white people were? Was it because they were in these caucus islands and, you know, they had to live rough and they became cold hearted, you know, which is actually almost what Nick Cannon said verbatim one time recently. But it, my point is that we can come up with the backstory for every sin that's committed by everybody in the world to the point where when you really get down to the bare bones of it, the main culprit for everything was what happened in the Garden of Eden. What every, every sin of humanity, if we really want to take on this victim identity, this victimhood, right? Everything happened from when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. So in essence, the real critical race theory is not about the white man, it's not about the black man, but it's really about the human race. The fact that the human race has, has a sin condition that all of us are born with and shaped into iniquity. It causes all of us to um, commit sin. It causes all of us to commit crimes against our fellow man, whether they be of the same race or whether they be of different race. So this, there's almost this deification of the white man in this critical race theory where they treat white people like they have some sort of superhuman power to control everything that's around us, right? When in actuality, the sinfulness of man, the real system that we're, un that we're really under is the world system which is ruled by the devil, the prince and power of the air. He's the real culprit 
well, I won't even say he's a real culprit. He's the system that we're under. But we each have a responsibility to reject that system by receiving Jesus Christ. Right. We reject that system by taking personal accountability. When you look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that before they ate of the fruit, it says that they were naked and unashamed. They didn't even know that they were naked. But then they eat this fruit. And then the Bible says that they went and they covered themselves with fig leaves because they realized their nakedness. They realized their separation from God. They realized that they had done something wrong and they began to cover themselves. So then what happens in the Garden of Eden, right, is that God comes. He says, Adam, where art thou? Everybody comes to the forefront. First thing Adam says, that woman you gave me. Second thing that uh, that he that Eve says, the serpent beguiled me. So those are the only two humans in the equation. And the problem with humanity from day one is that we have not taken personal accountability. And we won't realize healing or prosperity in this world you know, true, true prosperity, true peace. You can, there's a lot of rich sinners. There's a lot of wealthy sinners, right? There's a lot of people that are being fed things because they bought into the devil and he's given them the kingdom, you know, the kingdoms of this world and the glory therein. A lot of people have sold their souls basically is what I'm saying. But true prosperity is not going to happen until there is accountability that's taken. This is why when we come to Christ, when we want to have a relationship with God, one of the requirements is that we confess our sins. We have to confess that we are a sinner, right? But what's happening with this critical race theory is that, as I mentioned, it's almost like this kind of a supernatural deification where they're almost equating uh, the white man as the ish, the, what's wrong with all of my problems, so the only reason that I'm experiencing X, Y, and Z is because of white supremacy. Like, I mean, they, they use it for anything. I saw one video where this, this girl was overweight and she was saying something like the only reason I'm overweight or the only reason why society thinks that fat people are not desirable is because of straight white men. <laughs> so it's almost like he, the, the white man in particular, the straight white heterosexual Christian male becomes the patsy okay now who or what is the patsy the patsy is the guy that takes responsibility for the crime if you look up the definition of patsy a patsy is a person who is easily taken advantage of especially by being cheated or blamed for something so basically for example let you know god forbid i go i'm a part of a gang right and i'm 25 years old and i go out and i kill somebody so but because i don't want to go to jail i say that this 14 year old gang member did it because i know that they'll just put him in juvenile he'll be be out by the time he's 19 and we can keep our operation going he becomes the fall guy the guy that takes the blame for absolutely everything and when you really get down to the spirit of the matter right it's almost like a rejection of 
God because they're looking at sins. They're looking at behaviors. They're looking at things that really go against the word of God. Right. And instead of actually taking ownership and accountability of these things, they bring forth this victimhood that basically says I'm not responsible for my own actions. And it's because of these this 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 environment that's around me that's really causing me to do these things that I'm doing. So it assumes that there is no agency uh, basically with anybody except the white man. Like he's the only person that has the discretion to be able to to make decisions. He's the only person that is responsible for his own actions. But right. If I'm black, <laughs> I can go out and I can go and kill my fellow black person or something like that. And really, it's not my fault. It's just the fact that, you know, I, maybe I'm poor. I'm in a bad socioeconomical condition and I really don't have any agency over my actions. And this is very dangerous because I don't know who needs to hear this, but you don't need to be wealthy to have character. You don't need to be rich to have integrity. You can be in the hood, in the ghetto. And I know it's rough. I ain't going to really speak on that experience. I ain't really, you know, like been in the thick of that. I've been around it. But, you know, being in D.C., you can't escape it. But I'm not going to pretend like I was in some gang or something like that. But the point I'm trying to make is that each person has their own responsibility of choosing if they want to live a moral life before God. And I'm and I'm having this discussion because we really need to begin to focus on who is our real enemy because coming up with presumptions like every white person is racist, every black person is a victim, that's not the solution to any problem. Because yes, has America had some has racial atrocities? Absolutely. Are there racist white people? Yes. Are there racist black people? Yes. I know. I know quite a few. <laughs> but my point is that um, until we start looking at these things as a human issue and not a skin color issue, nothing's going to get resolved. You can't resolve an issue by accusing every white person of being racist, then wanting to have a conversation about race but then saying that they have no say in the conversation. What you're basically doing is you are, like I said, you're making him the patsy. You're, you're basically uh, criminalizing these people in order to basically have a switch of power because that's the ultimate goal, to tear down one system and then to build up another system. But they act as though if we tear down this system of white supremacy, then we're going to have a utopia. But that's not true because the human condition, the human heart is what's actually wrong. So all that would happen is that you would have another race who's in power. They would have whatever that race's superiority is or POC superiority or whatever. And then the other group would be marginalized. And that's what you see happening now. It's like <laughs> um, in an effort to what they would say eradicate racism or i guess they would say you can't eradicate racism but in an effort to solve racism 
you basically have to be racist towards this other group. And that's not going to do anything but just create a back and forth. Anyone who knows anything about world history, and I'm not a historian, but there's slavery that has existed all across the world of all different races. There, There's Africans who enslave other Africans. There's, there's slavery in India. There's slavery in China. There's slavery in Europe. So this whole notion that once we get this one person out the way, that's going to solve the issue. That's That's not it. That's not it. It's almost like Michael Jordan. Okay, I'm going to use this sports analogy. You might be a basketball team in the NBA during the 90s. Michael Jordan dominated. He won six championships. He was 6-0 and in the finals. And in your mind, it's like he becomes the villain. Once I get him out the way, then now I can be the champion. And it's like, no. Because then there's going to be Kobe and Shaq. Then there's going to be Tim Duncan. Then there's going to be LeBron James. Some It might be a different person or a different race in power. But the point is, is that everybody wants to be that in that position. So this notion that some people are inherently evil and some people are inherently innocent almost gets into a spiritual realm of how we see humanity. It's almost like people are saying certain colors of people are implicitly evil and certain colors of people are implicitly good, which when you really think about it, that's racism in and of itself. So the real issue, the real critical race theory is not about color. It's about humanity and how all of us have to have accountability I understand why everybody wants somebody else to take responsibility for their condition or their faults, because the reality of the matter is that all of us were born into this world. None of us actually chose to be here, at least not that I'm aware of. So people are born into this world in certain conditions. And when they don't know God, they're looking around like, who am I to blame? You know, who who's responsible for this? And they see that Jordan is the one winning the chance. Okay, it must be him. But it's like, no, it's this is just the world that we live in. And the reason why we live in that world is because of sin, which happened from Adam and Eve. Now you might say, that's not fair that I'm paying a price for something that Adam and Eve did when I wasn't even there in that garden. And on the surface, that might seem like a fair argument, but the Bible explains it this way. It says, paraphrasing, by one man, sin entered in, but then by one man, everybody has the ability to be re redeemed. So the, the guy who caused it, which was the first Adam, we weren't there. We didn't do it. We didn't do anything to deserve this we didn't do anything to deserve being born in sin and shaped in iniquity i agree <laughs> but the bible puts it this way romans chapter 5 verses 11 through 13 as a matter of fact let's just read 12 there therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin so also death was passed on to all men 
because all sinned. For sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin was taken into account where there is no law. And I think this is a part of what I want. Because what I want is actually explaining that that through the so we learn that through one man sin entered into the world. But this is the part I want to get to. This is what I want. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. So basically, what he's saying, what Paul is saying there is that through one man we all were born into sin which brings about death and we didn't do anything to deserve that but through one man jesus christ through his work he gives us eternal life if we receive him and his finished work and we didn't do anything to deserve that and that's how god balances it out that's how he balances out this problem of the human race issue that we're dealing with the real critical race theory right so it's not one particular racial group that is the problem it's humanity that's the problem and jesus christ is the solution okay does racism exist yes are there some systems that that are oppressive in the world absolutely uh, a lot of them are white supremacist systems some of the, some systems are oppressive and white people don't even live there it's almost like people want want the white man to be the devil when in actuality it's just a human issue every white person is not evil a lot of my career one of the reasons why i got to where i got to in my career was from the assistance of other races there was a black lady that that helped me to become an intern where i first interned at my first real job while i was interning there I was on a project with a white guy. This white guy saw that I worked well and he saw I was a college kid and he offered me a position in my actual first real job as an employee, not an intern. And one of the people that was responsible for bringing me on board at that job was an Asian lady who is who I believe is a lesbian, right? So they probably wouldn't like <laughs> how it all turned out as far as like my beliefs versus their beliefs. But those are people that I believe that God used and I'm very grateful for them. I love them. And, you know, I, am I going to go as far as say, I don't see color. I don't know if I would say that, but what I was, would say is that I don't care about color. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not something that's at the forefront of my mind. It's not something that I really think about really not at all, really on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's because I realized that promotion is not from the East or the West or or the South. Promotion is from the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Even the three Hebrew boys who lived in an oppressive nation where they were uh, where the four Hebrew boys, actually, if you include Daniel, they were slave children. Basically, they were like teenagers or something. But God had a way of even in their oppressive state. Their, their their work was able to transcend them into a place of authority. And we see this all throughout the Bible. 
So the real life hack for solving uh, the problems that are in this world is to go God direct. If you go God direct through Jesus Christ, he's the one that will open doors that no man can shut. No man can shut that. The Bible says that that Jesus Christ is able to open doors that no man can shut. And he's able to close doors that no man can open. If you have integrity, if you have character, if you have a relationship with the Lord, that's what will ultimately promote you. That's how black people were able to, to gain what they gained. They, they, they had integrity. They stood for something, right? And they had a relationship with God. But what you find is that once basically our, I'm going to call it this, our religion went from, or let me say it this way, the pillar of our communities shifted from the church to basically debauchery and the enemy used this through media primarily through like uh like gangster rap music i know that sounds like such a 90s conservative term but i need to specify because because i rap so it ain't all rap music but through what at that time was gangster rap music and everything that evolved since then that basically that those ministers of unrighteousness basically begin to fuel a lot of the ideology then of course you had the crack epidemic which happened okay you had uh you know uh, crack babies and things like this that happened in the 80s and 90s you had in the 60s and um going into that basically you had a bunch of social programs that came onto the scene where it benefited that woman not to have a man in the house you can have these benefits if you don't have a man living with you in the house and once that took hold right what it effectively did was it, it eroded away the black family and then it became advantageous it was almost like a um like selling your soul a little bit it was almost like here i'll give you this handout if you just give over your integrity and somehow maybe when you went from like the 40s 50s and 60s where you had strong black families you get to today where it's like basically they this is a number that's always thrown out over 70 percent of black children are being raised in homes where the father is not with them and somehow we have become we as in black people i don't really say we but y'all get what i'm saying black people have become a matriarchal people group instead of a people group with a strong family unit with, where men can lead right and the result of this is what we have today the real issue is not about any anybody doing anything to you the real issue is about the lack of fathers and a lack of the relationship with the lord if you fix those two things you'll fix all of the ills with this community right are there people against you? Maybe, maybe <laughs> there's people that, that will like you or dislike you for whatever reason. That's just a construct of humanity, but that doesn't mean that you can't flourish. That doesn't mean that you can't trans transcend that. It doesn't mean that you're not able to get past that and be able to live a fulfilled life. A lot of these issues that people have with all this race and stuff is because they actually idolize white people themselves and then they want the approval 
of other races. But once we get delivered from the approval of man, which is a strong deliverance and this need to feel validated by everybody that I come in contact with. I want everybody that I come in contact with to like me. I want everybody that I come in contact with to whatever. Just just think I'm all of that. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> everybody is not going to like you. And it could be for whatever reason. You know, I was on a job. I told this story. I'm going to tell it quickly. I was on a job where at that time I believed I experienced racism. And then a couple years later, I actually thought about it. And um, when I thought about it, I was like, basically what happened was there was like a mutiny where it became an us versus them thing in the office. And basically I was leading the group of us. I was like the, the people's champion and the them was basically the golden children, the golden boys and girls, whoever kissed the boss's butt and all of this. When I sat down and thought about it a couple of years later, the majority of people that were on the us side were like white men, but they were, <laughs> they were straight white men, but they were older by, and by older, what I mean is they one of them was like in his 40s. The other one was probably like in his late 40s, 50s. The other one maybe like in his late 50s, possibly 60s. They were straight white men, but they were still ostracized by the dominant group in the in the in the in the office. And what I realized was maybe it was because of my race that I didn't fit into the group. Now, let me be clear. I do feel like if I really assimilated and played the game, I could have fit in. Right. But so maybe with me, it was racism. Who knows? But what I really learned from that is it was larger than that. It was larger than that. It really was just about who is who who the boss likes versus who the boss doesn't like for whatever reason. Anyway, God brought me out of that situation. I didn't have to stress over it. Uh, it's long behind me. I've long accelerated since then. And it's because of the favor of God on my life. So what I want to do is read some comments. I told you I had to ruffle some feathers and get in trouble tonight. So we'll see how much trouble I got into. And everybody's free to disagree with me. You know what I mean? I know some people be like, hey, man, you're not saying this right. You're just not going to convince me that if somebody commits a crime of any color, that it's because of something that some other race did. And you're not going to convince me that everybody from every every race is racist, whether they realize it or not. Because that's what these teachings will teach you if you're white. It's like, it's like, hey, you're racist whether you realize it or not. <laughs> and they're the only ones. Everybody else is just, just completely absolved from everything. It's just amazing how that works. So glory to God. You know, the whole concept of critical theory actually stems from Marxism, which taught that we should we should look at everything critically. We should scrutinize everything. And that's kind of where this thing is headed because the real goal is to tear down the system. King of Grace says, whites, quote unquote, have no real connection to Asians. Asians have stories in black communities more than any other community. And even one of their own, AKA China, Koreatown, et cetera. Yeah, that's the real issue of the racial tensions is that you have black communities and you have Asian people who have historically 
started businesses in these communities. They've started, they've created carryouts or takeout or Chinese place, wherever you live, you might call it something different. They've created beauty supply stores. They've created nail salons. And what's happening is there's like this, uh, <laughs> I was about to call it passive aggressive behavior that they get from black people, but a lot of times it's not passive aggressive. Sometimes it's just aggressive. So I'm just going to call it this. There's a resentment that some black people have because these Asian people are in their communities and they are starting businesses and I don't know if they're flourishing or not, but they're getting enough business to stay open so we can say they're flourishing and they don't like it. But my question is, who is preventing you from starting a business in your community? And why don't you open your own nail salon? Why don't you open your own carry out? Half the time we get what I get from the carry out is it ain't even Chinese food. Most of the time I'm getting fried chicken, mumbo sauce and French fries. Any any race can fix that. You know what I mean? There's no one stopping anyone today. Historically, has that been the case? Yes. But there's no one stopping anyone from today from opening up your own business. If you don't like it, just open up a carry out, open up a nail salon, learn how to do nails, go on YouTube. It's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. Brother Joseph says, critical sin theory. Sister Marcia says, we would be wicked without the devil. The devil just puts a battery pack in our sinful nature. Yeah, because of the decision that was made in the Garden of Eden. You know, that that, that that's what it is. Ms. Clark says, do not be deceived. There is one enemy common to man. Absolutely. It's a fallacy to say that if we get this one person out the way, this one race out the way, this one system out the way that we're going to be able to bring forth a perfect system. There hasn't been a perfect system since the inception of humanity. Well, let me say it this way. There was a perfect system up until the, the Garden of Eden. Ever since then, there's not been a perfect system. Literally, you go from Genesis chapter three to Genesis chapter four, and the first two children that are born, one of them killed each other. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I mean, that goes to show we were doomed from the start. We ain't even got a chapter since the fall. Yeah, uh, one literally Genesis 3, Adam and uh, Adam, Genesis 2, Adam and Eve are created. Genesis 3, Adam and Eve fall. Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> they were the same race because they were born from the same parents, and Cain became the first killer of men. In Vancouver, Canada, the vast majority of street people are white. I got to understand what you mean by that, West Facts. When you say street people, you mean like people in the hood or, you know, I, I need a little more context. Wow. Not sure if this is true, but I'm going to read it. West Facts says Trudeau, that's the prime minister of Canada, told us communist China was the very best system and then got elected. Man. Well, that's, that's where things are kind of headed with this destruction of the old system. People want to, what's happening is people have concluded that this system doesn't work for them. And so they're looking for a system that works for them. Now, no one actually investigates why this system is not working for me. David said this way. He said, I was young 
and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I'm going to say it this way. When I look at the people that I went to school with, I went to school in D.C. public schools. It was a very it, it, it was and still is a very simple equation for success. And this is just outside of even the favor of God. The people that did their work turned out well. The people that slacked off, they're struggling. Some of them are dead. It's, 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 it's a pretty foolproof method, right? Not, not method, well, yeah, method, but it's a pretty foolproof um, pattern, right? Of course, there are, are exceptions to the rule. Of course, people, you know, somebody get their GED, turn their life around, praise the Lord, right? But in the grand scheme of things, it's a simple principle that is actually a biblical principle, which is that you reap what you sow. And if you put forth the, the effort to study and not goof off in class, not talk after the teacher told you not to talk like 15 times in a row, to actually pay attention, to actually go to class, to learn and not for some sort of social fashion show or something like that. If you do that, things will work in your favor. It's really not that hard, but most people don't want to <laughs> acknowledge why they're in the condition that they're in. Everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different background. I get that. But I'll say this. This country is about as good as you're going to get as far as opportunity. If that weren't the case, you wouldn't have millions of immigrants that are trying to come over here for free. Because they're in other countries where they don't have the same opportunity. They have a perception of America. Some of it's true. Some of it's probably exaggerated. But the point is, they're doing whatever they can to get into this country. And oftentimes, once they get into the country, guess what? They actually do excel. They actually do very well. <laughs> a lot of those Asian stores, nail salons that we were just talking about, they come over here and they do well because they work hard. They read the law. What do I got to do to start a business? Okay. Scrounge up enough money to get this license or whatever. Buy a building or rent a building until you can afford it. Fry some chicken. People, people like it. And now you have a business and you work your way up. I went to the carry out a couple years ago and saw something that I never thought I'd see. I actually saw a black girl working in the carryout in DC. The, the carryout is the Chinese place. And, um, and before that I saw a Latino girl working in the Chinese place. And so I began to like really think about why this was. Cause I never thought I'd see it. And what I realized is the, the Chinese people that immigrated over here and worked from the ground up, they were sacrificial enough to do all of that legwork and to put their children through school. And now their children have gone on to go to college and get degrees and their children aren't really interested in running a takeout joint. <laughs> their children are working in Silicon Valley. Their children are becoming lawyers. Their children are becoming PhDs, becoming doctors. And so now it's like, okay, where I was going to, you know, maybe Junior was going to run the place. Junior doesn't have to run it anymore because Junior's got a doctorate degree and he's a brain surgeon and maybe he still owns it. Maybe you'll keep it in the family. 
but I can hire some other workers, right? <laughs> so it's my point is that if we put we get back what we put in. It's it's a simple, it's a simple philosophy, especially today. Ms. Clark says, yes, 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 and yes. Racism is a sin problem and has started, and it started in the garden. Yeah. Glory to God. It's interesting. You know, it's a, it's a power dynamic. Brother Israel says the devil is the real enemy. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of breaking down the old system and building up a system where said person can flourish. A lot of times what's really happening is it's not even about a socioeconomical thing. A lot of the system that that they want to see broken down is actually a system of Christian values. Now, I think Ashkenazi might have taught me not to use the phrase Judeo-Christian values because it associates Judaism with Christianism, Christian with Christianity, excuse me. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is this. When they say things like cisgender privilege or straight white male privilege and all of this different type of stuff, the system that they're really trying to tear down is not only a system about money and power, but it's also a system about morality. So what I mean is if in this, what they would call a straight white male system, but it's actually a Christian system. If in this system, I can't be, I can't use whatever pronouns I want to use in order to identify myself, or I can't marry somebody of my same gender or sex or whatever. I don't, I'm so confused. They don't confuse me, but they want to tear that down. And that's, what's really happening spiritually is there's this once again, deification of the white man where they see him as God, because from their perspective, he holds all the power in the world. But instead of a God that they're worshiping, he becomes a God that they're actually rejecting by not having any accountability like Adam and Eve started in the garden, right? And really shaking their fist instead of conforming to the society. They shake their fist at the society instead of conforming to the society. And really what they're doing in the in the raw spiritualism of all of this, they're really shaking their fist at God and trying to create a system that's against the values and morals that God has actually given us, right? He's, he's actually instructed us on how to live, but they're shaking their fist at that. Sister Reese says, the enemy is the one who keeps human beings in fighting. Dems and rep, Democrats and Republicans, bloods versus crips, black versus white, male versus female, haves versus have-nots. Absolutely. I think one of the first solid talks we did was talking about how it's all about evil as a whole is you know racism sexism colorism classism all of these are branches on one tree of evil a lot of them are big branches but they're all just branches on one tree of evil sister Brittany says this my theory the atrocities that both native americans and black people which is slavery land taken away custom stripped etc experience in history were to bring them to repentance you know what sister that is very politically incorrect but i actually agree with that <laughs> i actually agree with that 
you know, because we what we see is if you really dive deep into a lot of those practices, and I'm not an expert, but from my understanding, some Native American practices, some West African practices, which is where the majority of Black people in the transatlantic slave trade were brought over here, right? Some people believe Black people were already here. But anyway, just for the sake of how it's reported in history, they practice a lot of things that were against God. And I think what you're saying, Sister Brenda, you can correct me if you want, is that there had to be an exposure or a, I don't know if it's a re-exposure, there had to be an exposure or a uh, reminder of Christ, okay? Because Christianity was in Africa before the slave trade happened. But there had to be either an exposure or a reminder of Christ. And what it sounds like you're saying is that people got brought over here or got exposed to the white man who happened to be a proponent of Christianity at that time. Now, obviously, we know Christianity did not start with the white man because Jesus was a Jew and he is the founder of Christianity. <laughs> uh, so Christianity started off as a Jewish religion or a Hebrew religion. But somehow, because the white man is the devil and people don't like Christianity, they call it the white man's religion. Ironically, the same people that will tell you that will also tell you that Jesus was not white, which he wasn't. But it's just funny anyway, whatever. So I get what you're saying. Kudos to you for actually saying that out loud. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah. Yeah, that's still going to have to be the work you, you put in. You know, one of those scriptures says, so a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And a lot of this is a, a warfare of the mind. When you tell people of a specific race that they don't stand a chance from the get-go, and you tell them that at a young age before their life experiences have really taught them anything, the younger we are, the more impressionable we are. So if you tell a black kid from day one, everything is set up against you and you're, you're not going to amount to anything. If I hear that and I'm like seven years old, why am I going to try anyway? <laughs> you know, children have great faith. So they put their faith in that in that belief and what happens is they actually begin to, to live out that belief. They don't put forth the effort. They don't try because they say, well, what's the point of me trying if I know I'm not going to succeed anyway? Instead of actually trying and then discovering like, hey, okay, there is opportunity for me. You know, I can work my way up. I can. Now, was it always that way? No, it wasn't. Well, hard work and 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 hard God always rewarded hard work, but of course, there were black generations before us that had to do a lot of fighting for us to have it today. But what we have now, this this ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> this is the issue of morality and lack of fatherhood. It comes down to that strictly. Uh, she expounded on it. God used the heavy hand to stop their idolatry idolatrous practices with magic of all kinds sacrifices and other ungodly rituals sadly africa is still a hotbed for witchcraft today absolutely and what what we're actually seeing is 
there is a resurgence of those practices that's happening with black Americans. And we talked about this on previous solid talks, how a lot of women like black women around my age, some of them I went to school with, they are practicing witches and they're actually open about it. It's not, it's not even hidden. It's not even covert. It's just out there in the open because they have lost their faith in Christianity and they're reverting to these other spiritual practices. And I can't even really, I don't even know if I can really say they've lost their faith. I'll just say like, as I said before, the black church is just not as prominent of an influence as it was in previous generations. And even as an influence, it still has to be influenced from a perspective of true doctrine. A lot of times the churches, black and white, are just on board with whatever the social tide is for that particular moment, whether it goes against God or not. So the church has actually become more political than it is spiritual. So even when a lot of the churches, not all, there's some really great churches out there, but even when a lot of the churches are still with influence, if they're not influencing from a biblical standpoint, how much power are they really going to have? They'll have power to influence people, but they won't influence them in the right direction. So this is the dilemma that we have happening with people today. She says, God sometimes uses a heavy hand with the nations and people to bring them to repentance. An example would be the Jews being slaves for 400 years. Absolutely. He used that as a, as a chastening rod. She says, not to say that no other people group participated in idolatrous practices, but I don't know why black folks and native natives are the most impressed in the world's eyes or maybe oppressed is what you meant yeah you know some some black hebrew israelites and when i say that i don't mean um i want to make a distinction between black people who believe they're hebrews and black hebrew israelites because this another this another solid talk for another day but what i was getting to is some of them believe that the experience that black people had in this country is a result of God chastening black people who are the true Jews, which is why in this country we were enslaved for 400, about 400 years or so plus, just like the Jews were in the Bible. But that's another debate and talk for another day. Glory to God. Just a lot of great conversation happening tonight. I like this scripture that Sister Marcia puts from John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Wow. I believe that unless a human is just completely naive, all humans probably know that all other humans are wicked, specifically when it comes to power. So. <laughs> um, a lot of the opponents of CRT, critical race theory, that are white, oppose it because they see the wickedness in it. But some of them oppose it because they recognize a certain measure of power that they might have in this country, and they don't want to lose that power, right? It really all depends on, on that particular individual. 
but you have to villainize somebody and then victimize yourself in order to swing power. You know, as we and we talked about this before, how accusation has a way of silencing people. Glory to God. Let me see. I'm starting to get hoarse, man. One day I'm going to use this microphone and, and realize I don't have to yell in it. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, Sister Brittany got to it before I got to it, talking about Deuteronomy 28, which is the blessings and curses, right? So Deuteronomy 28, 36 through 38, referring to the curses of disobedience, the Lord will bring you and the king you appoint to a nation neither you nor neither you nor your fathers have known and there you will worship other gods gods of wood and stone you will become an obedient my bad excuse me you will become an object of horror scorn and ridicule among all nations which the lord will drive you now some people believe that that relates to black people some people believe it relates to what we would call what most people call jewish people but I think the reason why you might have posted that is because it might just be a general curse for humanity, period, the way that God operates. 38 says, you will sow much seed in the field, but harvest little because the locusts will consume it. There's a, there's some other stuff there as well about how other nations will basically work in your neighborhoods about how your men will fall by the sword a whole bunch of other curses that come in that and we'll definitely have to have another talk about that praise the lord here's the scripture proverbs 16 to 7 when a man's ways please the lord he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him man Marsha says this is why i will always give honor and glory to our heavenly father for bringing my ancestors out of slavery, I will not put my ancestors above my heavenly father. Ms. Clark says, whenever we go God direct and stop acting like the government is our daddy, we can bypass a whole lot of obstacles. Absolutely. I'm telling you that God direct is, is where it's at. Sister Pat says, I believe the race theory is also a distraction method which the devil uses so that people can be blinded by the real enemy. It creates confusion and discord. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, the see, see the and the reason why the devil is successful with that is because he preys upon the carnal man and the carnal man's carnal mind. When I don't know that the warfare is spiritual i'm gonna look around and figure out who's in charge who's the reason for this who is doing this who's doing that and i'm looking at it with my carnal eyes i'm looking at it and then i say okay well it seemed like the people that run this country it seemed like it's mostly white people they they quote unquote founded this country and all of this different type of stuff so obviously they're the problem and he preys upon carnal-minded people. And this is why if you have this conversation, specifically as a black person, <laughs> with a carnal-minded black person who doesn't know that the battle is spiritual, they'll basically shun you. They'll call you all types of coons. They'll say that you're blind, that you have no clue of what's going on, that you don't really know what's, you know, who your real enemy is. And that's just not the case. Brother Israel says demonic spirits and people are the issue for me. We must always praise God for all things, good and bad. Job set the example in that. 
Absolutely. Brother Jason says critical race theory is double speak and allows for any scenario that pleases the flesh to overcome the spirit in those that are ignorant of truth. Man, that's deep, brother. I um I gotta meditate on that one a little bit. But I agree that it really doesn't take into account accountability or anything like that. It just basically points the finger. That woman you gave me, the serpent came in the garden and beguiled me. It just really points the finger. And at some point, every individual has to really look at themselves and really see. King of Grace says it's the 1% versus everybody else. I can actually agree with that to a certain degree. And also that 1%, I believe a lot of that is spiritual wickedness in high places. Because anyone who's really in the 1% is not going to get in the 1% without having a few handouts. And by handouts, I mean from the devil. <laughs> Glory to God. He tried to tempt Jesus that way. So if he tempted Jesus that way, then of course he's going to try to tempt other men that way. Ashkenazi says Hebrews had Levites for their priests and worship God in the in tabernacles and in and temples. Jews have Pharisees, Sadducees, and rabbis for priests worshiping their God in synagogues. Yeah, there was a lot of false religion going on, and God had to handle that. Sister Laura says division is a tactic of the devil, and I believe this whole issue with racism is just the enemy at work behind the scenes to cause division in the world. I agree. Sister Indira, uh, Sister India says, Florida recently passed a bill to allow one minute of silence for prayer. I hope all states do. I saw that and I hope I hope they do as well. Sister Brittany says, it's sad to see many people with wool over their eyes, but it confirms the word that the whole world lies in the hands of the evil one. Yeah, even Jesus called him the prince of this world but how did he overcome he said the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me that's the way that we overcome our approach when it comes to combating evil and satan is that he can't have any he, that there he can't have anything in us and one of the biggest strongholds that a lot of us go through is skin color because it's what we look at and what we see in the mirror every day Especially if you're black, you're more conscious of it because of our experience in this country. You know, you see roots by the time you leave elementary school, you're taught certain things, a lot of which is true. But my point is that those things that become embedded in you will cause you to believe this fight is about skin color. Or it might cause you to believe even worse, I don't have hope in this country. That's not true. That's where you face adversity in this country. Yes. But guess what? Everybody on earth is going to face adversity for some reason or another. End it how we opened it. The real critical race theory is not about the white man being the devil or the source of all oppression in the world. It's about the world system of sin that we're under, which stems from the fall of man. The real critical race theory is a human is a critical human race theory. And until we conquer the problem of the human heart through Jesus Christ, we won't see any change. Right. So don't let the devil distract you with these ill, not only an ill founded cause, 
because there's nothing wrong with like saying that we need this in racism that, okay fair enough if it's still out there yes this shouldn't be out there okay but it's the the fallacies that come along with it that okay the way we the, the reason is here is because this one skin color is racist all of them <laughs> and all of this other color is a victim that's not the case uh, that's not the case i know a lot of people would argue differently oh well we just gonna have to disagree but we got to solve this issue of the human race this issue of sin and we each have to have our own accountability as to the the behaviors that we make because quite frankly we can trace if you want to trace back why a behavior happens we can trace it all the way back and it's all going to go back to the garden of eden okay for example i'm okay i'm black i just killed somebody black on black crime it's because i was in the hood it's because i i was in the hood because i was in poverty i was in poverty because uh my grandmother was on crack she was on crack because the white man put in her neighborhood he put in her neighborhood because he didn't want to see him flourish then they their their folks were in slavery but then it's like okay now you've identified the patsy the fall guy but what about everything that transpired in human history before that it's a straw man the whole critical race theory we should focus on a bigger issue which is sin that's all i have in this solid talk family we'll see if i lost some subscribers this go around but god will be glorified anyhow <laughs> i pray that you've been blessed by this message you all take care and be blessed this is solid talk speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. check it out Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid, I'm dropping knowledge. Wisdom understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object culture living godless i can't even call it we in the last days babylon is falling don't kill the messenger i can't mess with your points got a plethora this life will keep on testing you this walk and get the best of you i'm trying to tell you bruh only a the shelby say we're trying to get the rest speaking of you. out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trade in places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters 
of the pages The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slamboree So I need him every day, to daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in